are tuning into Roll Call, the boy next door. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll Call, the show where two childless millennials gush over movies and follow an actor's journey from their early years throughout their blockbuster hits. Because, let's face it, we miss blockbuster. Yes, and guess what, y'all? We are so lucky that we have not one, but two ex-blockbuster employees guest hosting on our show today. So it's our pleasure to introduce Danielle and Jackie from the podcast, No More Late Fees. Yay! I wish that, like there was a blockbuster jingle or something we could sing. <laughs> make it a blockbuster night. <laughs> we are going to make it a blockbuster night. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> this one's going down in history. <laughs> I'm just excited for this double crossover. Bah, bah, bah. Yes, <laughs> <epic. laughs> so if you haven't already because by the time this comes out <laughs> our love and basketball episode will be way way old um but we were on their podcast and we watched love and basketball and talked about that with them so we invited them to our world of jennifer lopez for this <laughs> season and i am excited to uh have you guys and i'm excited i mean for some more future like possibilities with us hanging out again yes um, so ladies, tell us about your blockbuster connection and how you came about the idea for your podcast and all that. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I wish I don't know like... this woman. <laughs> <laughs> we just met today. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's funny because like I, I remember us talking about it. It was almost like Jackie and I both separately had the same idea and started talking about it which is not unusual for us because we've been best friends for two decades, 24 years. I think. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, we're babies. Yeah. Yeah, We met our sophomore year in high school and, um, Jackie started working at blockbuster before me. And of course she got chosen to, to, um, be able to work there pretty quickly. I, on the other hand, I could not pa- pass that psychological test. That damn blockbuster. Yeah, <laughs> there's no psychological. <laughs> yes, there was. I, they- <laughs> I recruited everyone that I knew. <laughs> My but sister I- worked there. That's how she met her husband. Is oh. they met through Blockbuster. Oh my god, the romance of a century. Right? <laughs> Shout out Heather and Keith. They just had their first baby, Willow. Oh, um, not Blockbuster. <laughs> Buster for sure. <laughs> She's not, too cute for that name. She is. She's really cute. Um, yeah, so I decided in my 17-year-old brain that I was only going to get a job if it was at Blockbuster. (laughs) I don't know why I had hard and fast rules, but I did. (laughs) And so I was hired. I worked for Blockbuster for seven and a half years. I left in 2007, started in 1999. And over the course of time, Danielle would come home for um, summer break. And so I recruited her. (laughs) But I tried to work there before, I think... Either if it wasn't senior year of high school, it was freshman year when I was coming back home for the summer. And I'm telling you, there was a psychological test. They asked you, (laughs) Jackie, 
I re- there's not a lot of things I can remember. Maybe they but were I remember pranking you. <laughs> it, it was just question because I remember a friend of ours also tried to apply and she couldn't get in. And you would have to go onto the store, onto their computer and do it. And every time you wanted to apply to a different store, you had to go to that store and apply. It wasn't like a universal thing. So when I tried to apply at Jackie's store, they were full, like they didn't have any more room. So I think I had to go apply at like two other blockbusters before I got into the system. Once you're in the system, you can go and transfer. (laughs) Um, So for the first part of my blockbuster life, I was not working with Jackie. And then later on, I work with her, which she, I'm sure she fully regrets because <laughs> a bitch had too much attitude and <laughs> she was my manager. <laughs> I, there were points where I was just like, I might get a phone call about Daniel today <laughs> from like the district manager. Cause she would, <laughs> there was one time this customer was legit giving her attitude and he was a jerk. And so he, he made the cup motion for his change and she looked at him dead in the eye and slammed the change on the counter and turned around and walked away i'm like oh, fuck can we curse on the times podcast? i wish i could have done that at starbucks like <laughs> i'm a petty like when bitch. people just put their money on the counter and you're just like okay thank you <laughs> like- yeah they were there. Some of these customers like were real a-holes. There was one time I just left the register. And I was just like, <laughs> fuck it. You want to act like you own Blockbuster, then you rent your movie by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, oh we God. did yes. work the majority of the time in Boca Raton. So it was like next <laughs> level Louis Vuitton wallet, hundreds spilling out of it. But like, I'm not paying the dollar twenty five stocking fee. Yeah, it oh was rich and privilege. Yeah, you know how there's that bad and bougie song. Yeah, yes. No, That's the event. Starbucks I worked at was in an affluent ish area of the Bay Area, <laughs> and you would think like they're like, oh wow, that you guys raised your prices. Yes, I raised the price of the. <laughs> cinnamon dulce latte no i mean i guess like i'm just pressing buttons lady okay yeah just are you gonna pay for it or not like (laughs) get in your tesla and be happy exactly (laughs) i wasn't good at well i wasn't bad at my job but i didn't really like that you know dealing with the people as much but i sold the hell out of those um those membership things that we had um the rewards yeah I was drilling and dealing. I was like, oh, let me just, uh, let me see what I can do with these numbers for you real quick. I would never be good (laughs) at anything like that. (laughs) I was never, they're like, your numbers are way down. I'm like, sucks to suck, man. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like if people want it, they'll ask for it. Don't, don't have me ask people. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies. So our podcast is obviously a journey of us going on this deep dive of an actor or actress through their early roles in blockbuster hits. This season, if you don't know, is about Jennifer Lopez. So, Danielle, Jackie, we want to know a few things. We have a few J-Lo questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember any of her movies being like really big rentals at blockbuster or popular? Um. I know Made in Manhattan was pretty popular. Were we there when Monster in Law came out? I'm sure we were. Yeah, Monster I think in that Law I can 2005. remember. 2005. Yeah. 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 I, it was pretty popular, that one. 
uh, well, I'm but shall we dance? Because we were yes. in like a, oh, yeah. an area older. where we got an older clientele. Mm, yep, mm-hmm. that one was huge. See, this confirms uh, mine and Puff Daddy's theory that she is a TV rental movie queen. <laughs> I she, mean, in, in in my own personal life, <laughs> my family. Anaconda, anytime it was on HBO, no matter where you were in the house, like everyone congregated and we would sit and watch it. Every single time we flipped to HBO and Anaconda was on. We have watched that movie so many times and we cannot explain the phenomenon that happened. I was going to ask why, what's so special? (laughs) Who knows? But it was just, we were all, but I mean, it was family bonding time. Yeah. 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 That's so special. Oh my God. Nothing says family bonding than like a giant snake on the loose. Yeah. Goblin (laughs) swabbling. Took the line right out of my head. (laughs) All right. So we're going to steal your game, actually, and do a little this or that, Jayla. So this or that, wedding planner or made in Manhattan? Daniel. I already I already know what Jackie's is going to be, but I mine is made in, in Manhattan. Mm. Wedding I know planner all yeah. day, every day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was just mad that Matthew McConaughey was out here lying. That was Simone. I can't get. Yeah, he had can't no get, reason to like hold that information. Back. No, I can't get with that. We started off on a lie. You, you, you're, what are you going to leave me at the altar when we get married? <laughs> nah. Yeah, cool. Ralph Fiennes was just too stiff for me in Made in Manhattan. But he had money, and I don't <laughs> with that. But he didn't recognize her when she's cleaning his toilet. Like, and it's not like she's ugly. Come then. on, rich people I'm don't pay saying. attention to <laughs> the health. Come on now. <laughs> I'd rather have the doctor lie to me about his engagement. Well, he didn't lie. He just didn't bring it up. Girl, bye. <laughs> Um, next question, monster-in-law or the backup plan? Monster-in-law. I love Jane Fonda. Yeah. Their and anything chemistry. she does. Yeah. <laughs> She's an OG. We like um, Grace and Frankie oh, a lot. Um, yeah. Monster-in-law for me, even though everybody kind of hates the backup plan, but yeah. I secretly like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Sorry. You're on your, uh, no, don't apologize. <laughs> you I I'm on my that. own. I love that. But yeah, you're definitely on your own. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. You're actually not the first person to tell me that. I have a friend, Isabel, um, oh, yeah. and she was like, oh, my God, that's like one of my favorite like comfort well, movies. And when I watched it, I was just I was texting her. I was like, what? <laughs> Why? But, you know, people like what they like. It's so. not my favorite, but I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's we all. Yeah, I feel pretty strongly on that one. <laughs> So next one, this one's a Benifer, uh question. Geely or Jersey Girl? Jersey Girl. We- Jersey Girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we like Kevin Smith a lot in this we house. Do. Oh, yeah. right, right. We talked about that last time. Yeah. And George Carlin and mm-hmm. uh, even Liv Tyler. Like, it's just the Great cast yes. is really, really good. Yeah. yeah. But I love listening to your episode and how like you kind of went into how the media played a role into them having to edit the movie. Like I didn't realize how much they had to do to wipe away the Benefer remnants. You know, Miramax was afraid of the stain, the Benefer stain that was going to have on that movie. Damn. Uh, What a tragedy. But (laughs) I am I, I say we start a petition 
that Kevin Smith released the director's cut. Yeah, he's, he's he always on social, and he said he wants to call it Jersey Girl, the Snyder Cut. Yeah, yes. they'll let him release it because after you talked about that, I had to go like do my research, and I was like, who knows what he's doing? Mm-hmm. Every step of the way, he knows exactly what <laughs> angle to play. Yes, <laughs> and he gave Benifer their name, their moniker. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he's just. He, He's just, right there in the thick of it too. <laughs> I'm just glad him and Ben Affleck are friends again because that was those yeah. are some dark times when mm-hmm. they stop talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad he's healthy and yeah, you know, yes, health together. Um, because and Clerks Three is coming. Yay! Yes, yeah. yes. we're excited for that too. <laughs> All right, so next no. question: Selena the movie or Selena the series on are Netflix? Y'all- on your all, this is a joke, right? <laughs> when I asked on joke. Twitter, when I asked on Twitter, the series won actually. So, y'all some, got, you must have some shit. young children. On yeah, you Twitter. got some Gen Zers following you. I don't know. But... In all honesty, I didn't even bother watching the series because it's just leave it, it alone. Yeah, just leave it alone. It's yeah. perfect as it is. I wish they did a documentary instead, but yeah, but. I think we'll never really get the full deets on everything because of the family. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like Aaliyah. Well, I think Aaliyah's situation is probably 10 times worse, but the family will not let like all the dirty laundry come out yeah. and stuff, yeah. the real stuff. I feel like we don't, we're only scratching the surface of like who we knew Selena was because mm-hmm. of yeah, her family. And they won't even let Chris like get involved in right. the love aspect of it and his book is amazing so like shame on them for that but yeah uh, so selena the movie 100 percent. i did watch half of the series but i didn't i read. i live in austin texas so like selena is yeah. yes. a, a national treasure and so i mean i have friends that have bags the cups the t-shirts like everything like you cannot touch selena and i think j-lo did such a good job that you can't touch j-lo as selena either yeah yeah series is just like no thanks we're good Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Yeah. i will commend the series for giving a little more context of like pre them blowing up like them as kids and stuff like that and then um i will say that when we watched the movie for the podcast, I did not cry. And usually I do. Like, it really fucks me up. I did de- get depressed per usual because I'm just like, oh, she's so young and I'm <laughs> older than she is. And look what she did. But um, when I watched the series, it the ending fucked me up. I was like, damn, I know what happens. Why? <laughs> yes. Why? <laughs> I feel like the, that movie, though, I have a... Uh like a special place in my heart when it comes to YouTube because that was the movie I discovered you guys on. Like, oh, really? I still... You want to tell that story? Because <laughs> so I've much... never, I didn't, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> I I still, like, honestly, I really don't know how it happens. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I discovered you on Instagram or on Twitter, but I saw your, I saw your pages and then I was like, oh, this is so cool. I loved like, 
your artwork and everything. And so then I went to just go listen and it had the Selena episode in two parts. And I was like, oh my God. And I thought you guys were so like professional and just like had really great ideas and passionate. I was like, I love them. Aww. So then I went into your DMs and was like, let's be friends. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I definitely I- remember asking you about like your social. I was like, oh my God, your social media is amazing. How are you doing all this stuff? It's like, go on. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's funny because Selena episode, I get kind of um, antsy about because I'm like, I feel like I dominated those two parts and just nerded out too much. So I'm like, it's not my finest work. (laughs) No, I thought you guys did a great job. Like both of you. I didn't feel like, because there are some podcasts where I listen and I'm like, that person doesn't let their other co-host talk or, you know. No, you guys, it was great because it there's so many indie podcasts and not, I don't want to sound mean, but not all of them are good. <laughs> and yeah. me, I meet a ton and I'm, they're super nice people and we talk and, you know, we're connected, but like, will I listen to their podcast every week? Probably not. not yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> but, but you guys, I was like, oh, this is fun. It, it was cool. Oh, I like wow. it. Oh, I do want to, I do want to share my um, friend text message me this morning and said, and she loves Selena, by the way, she's one of my Selena stands. Um, Jackie, I really loved the love and basketball episode. I haven't seen it in so long and I'm rewatching. I think before I wasn't too into it, but I love it now. I love the guests y'all had on the podcast. They had some great feedback and banter with y'all. Aww. (laughs) Good. Say it. That's high praise. <laughs> it, it is. Jackie's little group, they're very honest. So oh, thank yeah, you. They, every yes. week I'm just waiting for them to give their feedback for that week. like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I said that you guys, I, I explained how your podcast kind of the format was. And she said, it sounds so awesome. I have I have it saved to start listening to it. So you get into follow up. We love that. (laughs) All right, back to Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) Um, If you had my love or love don't cost a thing. I'm going to go with if you had my love only because like, I remember seeing the video so fresh in my head when on MTV and just being like, oh, that's an actor. That, that's Jennifer Lopez. She's she's singing and dancing now. Okay. <laughs> and I like the video. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going left. Don't cost a thing. It's a yeah. hard one. Yes. That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo to both. I love, I love it all. So <laughs> next one is also a song, this or that. I'm real. And it can be the original version or the Ja Rule. Uh, ja I Rule. was going remix. Oh, you're going that. Ja Rule. Sorry. Okay. All right. That's it. All right. <laughs> I'm real Ja Rule remix or all I have. Okay. Um, is all I have the one with LL Cool J? Yeah. Okay. So if you guys didn't change it to the remix that I would have done, I'm real. But because you did it to the remix, I want all I have. Oh, I'm going unreal. Mm-hmm. I'm with I'm with Danielle here because <laughs> the haters have ruined the I'm real remix for me. Oh, <laughs> and, because of the vocal thing. Yes, which mm. Ja Rule just 
shut them down, but it doesn't matter because people just love to hate on stuff anyways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was interesting to find out that because of her remix, they had to change how they were um, doing the billboard charts. I did not know that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and that's the uh, other thing that I hate about haters is that like she has like a good amount of like little like historic things that like no one else has done or things have been made or changed because of something that she's done. And I mean... Sure, you can say she can't sing, but like the woman has impact. So, yeah, I mean, that is it, what it is. It goes to the same of Madonna and Janet Jackson and even Britney. Like, I'm not going to see them because they have the vocal range of a Whitney. I'm going to see the dancing, the performing. They're giving me a show, and exactly. I like that. Exactly. That's what me I'm too. paying for. Me too. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> <laughs> so, final questions. Um, just kind of open-ended. Do you guys have a favorite J-Lo movie? Is there something that you really love about her? Or she's um, kind of inspired you or anything like that? Mm -hmm. I have... It's not a criticism. It's just a reflection. <laughs> um, her character, when she guest starred on How I Met Your Mother was such a wasted opportunity. Like that character was ridiculous and I hated it. And I'm like, you have JLo and the best you, you give her is like this lady who wrote a book. And so she drops like sexual innuendos the entire time to get you to like her. It was just, it was terrible. Mm. And I wish she deserved better. In that guest spot, she, yeah. she always <laughs> like, deserves better. <laughs> I feel like How I Met Your Mother did really fucked up a lot with their guest stars. Like when they had Britney, when they had Katy Perry, on, I was just like, "What?" <laughs> I yeah. feel like when Friends had people on, they did such a good job of oh, like, yeah, developing them. Um, do I have a favorite J Lo movie? That is a hard question because I don't. I okay. I would say it's probably between Out of Sight and Monster-in-Law. I like Monster-in-Law so much because it's not like a rom-com. It's just a female-driven movie that feels relatable, yeah. you know? It's, it's um, kind of a female comedy. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Um, and I like that J-Lo could hold her own, not missing a beat with the likes of... Um, Wanda with Wanda yeah. you know that's what I was trying to get yeah. out but I was like oh I should probably say Jane Fonda first <laughs> but yeah the two of them 100% so um I will say my favorite JLo movie is Enough Ooh. I just really love certain aspects of it and how she wasn't going to be a victim and I just really love that. Like when she wrapped her hand with all those rings on it, I was like, yes, girl. Yes. You got a plan and you're executing it. I like that. Yes. Um, I do. I, I was inspired by her character in the wedding planner because she was so overly prepared for anything. She had like her little kit with all of her things. And so when I was a teacher, my coworkers called me Inspector Gadget because if anyone ever needed anything, I had it in my classroom. Yep. So I, I really did. <laughs> she inspired me to just always be prepared. Yeah. 
I love that. Wow. I don't even think I have like a great answer like that. So. <laughs> a plus to you, Teacher Jackie. <laughs> and you, Danielle. <laughs> All right. So I think it's time that we get this party started. Let's kick it off. All right, everyone. If you don't know, now you know. I'm Bria and I too would have a hard time tasting JLo's cookies and never being able to taste them again. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, boy. Uh, and I'm Simone. As y'all know, I'm a teacher and a true crime lover. But boy, oh, boy, did this movie play a fucking doozy on me. And it is a frustrating doozy at that one. So I watched, uh, rewatched this movie with Bria. And I think for maybe about a quarter, a half of it, I was standing up just like, <gasps> like, just like frustrating, like pacing to myself. <laughs> I don't know why that made me think of like Bowser or somebody. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> oh my god, yes, that is very, very true. Um, there were lots of moments of standing up or like, what? Or so. If you don't know, today's episode will chat about Jennifer Lopez in the 2015 thriller *The Boy Next Door*. So. Let's take a trip back to January of 2015. Oh, if we could really go back. Oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> right? Um, let's get into some pop culture. Oh my God, there were so many viral songs this year. So, two words. Hotline Bling. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Hello from the other side. And is it too late now to say sorry? <laughs> ladies what do you think about these big hits from 2015 it's so weird like time moves weird because yeah. it feels like didn't that just come out like last yeah. year yeah but now i feel like i'm old um gosh hotline bling all i remember is j-lo doing that dance performance at was it the amas to hotline bling she oh, well it was no. part of it I you've got to tell me that <laughs> You guys haven't seen that? No, okay. seriously. Oh. Was was that the one with the shoe, the giant shoe, or was that I, another? Oh, that's one? the Louboutin performance. I think. Okay. Yeah. No, it was. Um, she was barely. She didn't even sing. She just got on the stage and did a full out number to all the popular songs. Oh. At that time, she did "Bitch Better Have My Money" by Riri. Mm -hmm. she, she did like a bunch of like a melody, and she was doing all the dances, and she had like that big old winter coat at the end oh, we love she capped 2015 music for us and i didn't even know that <laughs> you guys gotta find it you guys gotta find it oh i'm watching that after this. <laughs> um uh, in other news we have some big breakups and one that's pretty um it pertains to this podcast a little bit um so blake shelton and miranda lambert broke up um, and Gwen Stefani and Gavin Rossdale, which I didn't know happened at the same time, which makes me like sus. Yes. Why Gwen? Why, <laughs> Why Blake Shelton? Yeah, yeah he I know. Is the most whitest white man in America. Like he he's looks so like, boring. He looks like he doesn't shower about what what's a week. Mm. Yeah, and he like he greasy. He doesn't brush his teeth on the reg. Like mm. those are the vibes I get from Blake Shelton. Yes. There's a podcast out there. I think it's called like the who weekly or something, but it's mm -hmm. like, it's basically this like pop culture, like 
what's happening and like celeb gossip news. And that year, either that year or the year after Blake Shelton won like sexiest man of yes, the year. Yes. And when they had announced it, they're like, who? What? Yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> People have like, all those. I'm, yeah. I'm done with people. You, you're not. You're stop trying to put these gross people down my throat. I don't think they're attractive. Mm-hmm. Even John Legend. Yeah, John Legend yeah. was a bitch trash. What his um Arthur looking? So yeah. <laughs> who's, who's making this list? I can give you like 30 people right now. My garbage man right? is hotter than these two guys. <laughs> They need to stop. We're going to petition to have your garbage man be on people's sexiest person. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's funny. So speaking of, this is a great segue to our last couple that broke up because a former sexiest man alive, J-Lo's sexiest man alive, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner broke up also Mm -hmm. in 2015. So leading a long road back to Jayla. <laughs> my tie-in was the garbage man part because I love Jennifer <laughs> Garner and all the shit that man did. I was like, you want to let this dude from Boston come a- do this to you, Jen? Come on, girl. We alias, though. I was so mad. I hated so him. So mad. Yeah. His drunk mean, ass. That's love because the stuff she put up with him and saw him through till yeah. like, the end and even now probably yeah who knows she is but... she is a precious angel yeah protect her at all costs yes. i love her so much yes and even though our podcast this season does obviously focus on jennifer lopez we would never ever pit the two together and say like who never. is better because we adore jennifer garner too yeah just yeah. we love women okay fuck yes. the women it's support women yes. yes yes just the garbage men that we don't like <laughs> Except yours. Your garbage yes. men's good, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a viral moment that happened was the blue and black, or is it white and gold dress oh, that was everywhere on social media? <laughs> Remember that. I know. I was like, wow, that was that year? Jeez. Like, whew. We really had nothing better to do. Well, we didn't. <laughs> no. And it just tells me we know nothing. Our brains do whatever it wants. Like, right? what? <laughs> yep. Also viral, Katy Perry's left shark left <laughs> a big impression on us after her Super Bowl performance. <laughs> I was just like that, you know, after Janet Jackson's Nipplegate, fuck you, Justin Timberlake. We have, we were struggling there for a while to get mm. some good Super Bowl Well, they um, didn't want performances. to do like any pop performances they had like a mm-hmm. string of like rock bands after so that. Bad. I remember like the who and like i think aerosmith maybe and green stuff. day might have done super bowl one year nope i don't I mean, remember no. i feel like the I prince do i think so one year no Metallica. oh yes he did he had he had my college band was there that was a good oh. one oh, that cool. was a good one um yeah we, what was the one with um well the one with bruno mars and, and beyonce beyonce that was cold place it was it was <laughs> but they must have read the comments that we didn't want that so they yeah. they they fixed it thank god and then maroon five was garbage yeah Boring. they disappoint me so much yeah <laughs> i love their first album and their second album's not half bad but like their trajectory and just like 
why like where are the she will be loves like if, if there's any case because uh, you know well if you don't know i'm a conspiracy nut so if there's any case for me to say someone sold their soul it's maroon five Ooh, agreed i'm never i'm not a huge conspiracy nut i'm like why can't things just happen the way they did but <laughs> this i believe because adam levine is such like kind of a fame whore like oh my god yeah if you've seen his his personal evolution since the start with his like little caesar gel like flat down cut and she will be loved and then to what he is now he lives for the applause yeah (laughs) he he picked a fight with uh lady gaga at one point really i'm gonna find it why why yeah (laughs) something about some about that don't make sense and it's probably not sold or sold to devil some ain't right some ain't right (laughs) something's something's something in the buttermilk ain't clean as major parks would say oh he (laughs) tweeted uh uh recycling old art for a younger generation doesn't make you an artist it makes you an art teacher the mr moves like jagger the yeah like also why like why are you putting on teachers in this one butthole right (laughs) we have a hard enough time yeah bet you couldn't do it for a day Gaga Gaga replied, "Uh uh-oh, guys, the art police is here. (laughs) Uh, Oh, shout shout out to Gaga for that deep, deep burn. (laughs) Um, In other pop singer news, Ariana Grande licks a donut this year, and everyone is obsessed with it. (laughs) Never under, why did we care about that? So I had, I, this, I thought about this incident recently. Okay. Because <laughs> now it would be like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like she out trying to kill someone. Yeah. But murder in, in these COVID streets. Yeah. But I'm like, at the time, it was probably just like a, a dumb, immature kid doing something dumb and immature. And she just happened to be famous. So it like made national news. Yeah. Um, so. Did she lick it and put it back? Is that what the problem was? I think it was like sitting on the tray on top of the counter. And because she's what, like four foot ten, four foot, like she's a small girl. So she had to almost, I envision, like be on her tippy toes. And she kind of did this little like cute little gopher stance in her little sweater all bunched up like this. And she just goes and like puts the tip of her tongue on it. And then I'm mad at your sweatshirt sleeves right now. <laughs> And then like stands back. So, and then I don't think they end up buying it or she doesn't yeah. end up taking it or something like that. So they didn't buy it. I, I don't know. I mean, it, she clearly has the money to just buy the fucking donut if she wanted it, but she yeah, buy that the donut was shop. odd. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put odd. this in a category of weird things that both black and white celebrities do. Although the tally of the black celebrities doing the same is zero. I'm going to put it in that category. It could happen to anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just a stupid, like impulsive, like I'm going to do this because I'm waiting for my donut. It's so funny because it's never come across my mind. (laughs) Never. I remember when it would like, when it hit the celebrity gossip circuit and I was like, this is news. Mm. We care about this. It was a I mean, slow news now, cycle. <laughs> we would care about it because yes. it's like COVID times. But like back then, I'm like, who gives a shit? 
Well, I don't think she would do it now, so. I hope not. I think she she's, learned a lot. She's she's a traumatized woman. I, f- I pray for her, honestly. Yes. Hurt people also, hurt people, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also am married to someone that, like, routinely eats shit he shouldn't eat. Like, <laughs> a brownie fell in the gutter. He picked it up, dusted it off, and he ate it. So, like... <laughs> Mm. he's like oh. um what's his face bill murray in osmosis Jones. yeah he just eats we were walking through a parking lot and someone no, I, <laughs> no. I, all ken's business out here in these streets um but it's your business it, too <laughs> i didn't need it i have no shame like i was like your butthole's gonna fall out one day from eating <laughs> Um, he found a container of sushi. I guess someone had like put down to get into their car and he opened it up and he's like, well, the avocado isn't brown yet. So it must still be fresh. Ate the sushi, parking lot sushi, gutter brownies. You must really, I really do. Throw <laughs> <laughs> a note to myself. <laughs> must talk to Ken. Oh, he will defend himself too. Like oh he's like, God. whatever. Wow. He, he doesn't like to waste food. <laughs> That's like on the news when I saw that lady um, washing her boyfriend husband's pillows that look like stained. Oh, God. Bags. Yes. And people are just like. I had to explain to a boyfriend <laughs> why you had to have pillowcase covers on top of a <sighs> pillowcase. He didn't understand. He didn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> we have clean nice. pillows and clean sheets on my that's because of you anything i am responsible for we're good yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't stop him from eating yeah i'm like grown, I, he can make those choices and i looked at him like are you are you fucking serious right now and he's like it's happening <laughs> i'm gonna oh send you God. that special um mouth rinse that they have um, it kills all sorts of bacteria, so you'll be good to go with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, brush eat the teeth. streets alive and he'll be all right. <laughs> all right. All right. So <laughs> sorry. Um, some big <laughs> movies come out, um, series movies, Fifty Shades of Grey, which I think pertains to kind of the boy next door and The Force Awakens. Star Star Wars comes back big time. Um, a big crime jock comes out making a murderer is all the rage on netflix Mm -hmm. i watched that like i think one christmas break or something Mm -hmm. and i was just like oh my god (laughs) i feel like twists and turns yeah i feel like you could literally call put them all together and it would still make a really cool movie name and describe all (laughs) the movies 50 shades of gray the force awakens making a murderer (laughs) yes I mean, All I of can that. see it. I see it. Yes. <laughs> and I I don't know why, but I really enjoy Fifty Shades of Grey for what it is. Mm. Like, it's just. It's smut, baby. It, it is. is. And it's enjoyable. And I put it on when, like, there's nothing else to watch. Did Ooh. you read the books or just? The I movie? did. I, I read the books. Okay, well, if you like smutty books like that, I would say check out the series called The Boss by, I think it's like Abigail something. It's Ooh. fairly cheap. Um, <laughs> but Mara Wilson, Matilda, she oh. tweeted oh. and she's like, 
Fifty Shades of Grey is like not that great. Like the writing's not that great. If you no, it's terrible. A, if you want to read a book about BDSM and you know smutty shit, here read this. So it's like thank you, Matilda, and I read it. <laughs> <laughs> and Which is it so is... funny because Matilda loved reading. Yeah, that which is pervert. She's just <laughs> casting her magical spell to this day. <laughs> but yeah, I love her on Twitter. But um, yeah, that book series is great. So I Excellent. will send you what it looks like. So, um, but I didn't watch Fifty Shades of Grey until a couple years ago. My supervisor actually was like, "Oh my god, I'm in love with the guy in the movies," and I was just no. like, "I don't see what you see, sis." Um, no, not like great. <laughs> no one is. She's not, in my opinion, very attractive. He's just okay like there's nothing about the movie i should like and i still put it on all the yeah. time yeah i mm. wish charlie hunnam like if he was in it like he was supposed to be yes <sighs> jack's teller uh. <laughs> <laughs> no simone no i'm trying to think of who is is, is he from sons of anarchy mm. or the yes. true blood series so from mm. sons of anarchy, sons of anarchy. Oh, okay. okay although alexander skarsgård if he was in it too he could get it yeah. Yes, yeah i love him in anything like mm-hmm. even in um big little lies mm-hmm. i was like oh you're terrible god damn but you look no nope. <laughs> as soon as he laid a hand on I my mean, angel yeah. old kidman i said die you piece of shit die yes <laughs> what movie and... was he in where he played a nerd oh or like a goofy He's played Roll. like dad weird. Like he was in the at movie adaptation of The Giver, and I only know that because I show that once a year to my class after we read the novel. And he was kind of like a bland little soft dad in that movie. He <laughs> imagine that he's such it, hottie. I, now you know. I have to like it's gonna bother me. Um, it was the a movie IMDb deep dive baby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was a movie where it was like he was a prince or something. Oh, the long shot with Charlize Theron and um, Seth. Um, oh, I barely remember him in that one. Rogan. Yeah. And he was like so nerdy and he had like this really weird laugh and stuff. And That's they were like supposed man. to. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, he's so gross. And I'm like, but he's not like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now because I love him, but yeah. I don't love him in this. I love Ooh, his whole family. Him. His whole family yeah. is great. The Skarsgård family is pretty blessed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of families you guys are great with these segues <laughs> um bruce jenner becomes caitlin jenner and makes her debut as a woman on vanity fair in 2015 which was huge for trans rights despite caitlin's politics now i was, then, I was but... just gonna <laughs> look the only thing I want to say about this subject is go watch the dinner that Katy Perry had with Amanda Seals. With Amanda Seals. And that's it. Yes. That's all I, I have to say. That. I feel like I should be making a list of all the things I need to watch. <laughs> <from that. laughs> Take notes, baby. Take notes. Me too. No, yes. Amanda Seals shut that she, shit down. She, she, efficiently. she spoke the truth to her at the time. Yes, she was a her. So this one's kind of a big one. Um, I just thought this was really like impactful in terms of pop culture. All that other stuff is like, oh, that was interesting. That was cute. But this is like history. So in June, Misty Copeland became the first African-American woman named 
principal dancer at the American Ballet Theater just days after becoming the first African-American woman to dance Swan Lake at the Metropolitan Opera House. And additional highlights to this year for her include a documentary about her life that premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, a two-week starring turn in the Broadway revival of On the Town, a time cover, and a spot on their 100 Most Influential People list, and a place on Barbara Walters' 10 Most Fascinating People list. I mean, talk about having, like, the year of your life. Yeah. Wow. I love this. I love this so much. I love, um, I love her. We, when I was a teacher, um, we did a whole, like every day for black history month, we featured a different influential person of color. And when we got to her, the kids were just like, all the little girls are like oh, a ballerina. And she looks like me. It was just like, so perfect and so wonderful. And, uh, she, she's written children's books. She's just, she is amazing. And she is such a influence on especially youth. Yeah. I, th- I think when these kind of things happen, like for her proud of her, she is the moment, no shade whatsoever. But I really think these institutions at this point, we are in 2021 at that time, we we're in 2015. The fact that we're still, in ha- still having firsts yeah oh it's just appalling Mm -hmm. and then the fact that when it's the first it's not like kicking the door down okay we're gonna start fixing some of our stuff um it almost feels like a game at this point and it I don't even get excited anymore because what what are we really talking about you're telling me you're proud to say that out of all these years that you've been an institution in 2015, you decided that you obviously could not ignore this woman's talent at all and had to like, it's more exceptions than rules. And it's just frustrating. Like, yeah, I think there should no longer be these firsts anymore. Like it's mm-hmm. ridiculous for every, yeah. every subsect ev- that we have in this country. It's kind of insane. Sorry, but no, that, I no. mean, that, that's straight up facts. I well, mean, yeah. um, in one of the interviews, JLo um, talked about how she didn't realize at the time, but the two main um, cast members were Latino and it was a small budget film. And she said it probably wouldn't have happened if it was a larger studio film because they're so worried about the what ifs, like what if it's not successful? Yeah. And so she kind of was able to say, well, it worked. So that's no longer excuse for yeah. Um, yeah, they keep, limitations. they keep resetting it, right? Like mm-hmm. we've proven time and time again, as audience members, we will go see anything that's quality. And yeah. why are you not having these same apprehensions about shitty movies? You ever, especially when we worked at Blockbuster, <laughs> we would watch all the shitty movies and we'd always ask like, how did this get funded? Right. right? Nobody mm-hmm. was like, oh, we can't have another two Caucasians who don't know how to act be in this movie. No, nobody cares. I think we should have underrepresented, upper underrepresented people be able to fail as much as mm-hmm. non. Because yeah. yeah. people, people talk color. about that all the time. I mean, I know, like as a person of color, there's this like feeling of like I have to work two times harder and yep. all that kind of stuff to get half as much. And I think that we have this feeling of we have to be perfect like whatever movie we make whatever we do like even with this podcast i like am like jlo's great but 
I wanted to do Claire Foy and I was like, I'm black. I should be highlighting like black actors and stuff. And of course I want to do that. I That's just inherently me as a black person too, but I can like other stuff. But like, we can also not be perfect. Like we can also yeah. make a mediocre movie and that's okay because there's tons of like mediocre movies with just white people, but no one's yeah. like, mm, is this going to do well right. or not? It's just like, no, just give them a shot. Or like, or the fact that like the creators of Game of Thrones could pitch the show and not have like a fucking plan and have it outlined. But someone like Misha Green, who um, wrote Lovecraft Country, has so, a whole outline yeah. of what she wants to do and they cancel it. And they were nominated for so many awards for the show. And Such they bullshit. It. They like, could not. Come on. Like, when I saw that TV show, when I was watching, I was like, I cannot believe this show is on. My sister and I were just talking about this because we love it. But at the end of that movie, I mean, that TV show, the way that they left it and spoiler alert, pause and move five seconds ahead. <laughs> the fact that at the end that black people had all the power and of witchcraft and magic like there's no way when you saw that yeah. like what she mapped out there was no way especially the unrest that we had at the beginning of this year <laughs> hell no they were like okay we gave you guys a bone but there's no way there's no yeah. way we're having this on tv yeah but things like that like i get it it's it's super frustrating in that respect so um i am excited to though talk about more about um Ryan Guzman and JLo in this movie. But let's get into how much this movie cost and um, the reviews about this lovely film. So, Bria, you had mentioned that the budget for this movie was pretty low, uh, which is true. Yeah, the budget for this was around $4 million, an estimate. It was shot in about 23 days. Opening weekend in U.S. and Canada was just about $15 million, and that closed on January 25th, 2015. But the total domestic, uh, do, do, but the total gross worldwide was $52.4 million. Wow. So to have a budget of $4 million and then to gross totally of $52 million, this is like, financially one of her most successful movies but ironically one of her most shitted on a movie <laughs> yeah really yeah <laughs> and like shot in 23 days that's like crazy. that's yeah. insane and she was saying that like some movies with that are huge budgets they'd shoot like one scene maybe two a day and she's like we were shooting five or six scenes mm -hmm. in a yeah. day because we had to wrap this shit up pretty quick and there were no luxuries. There was no like extra craft service. It was like, get in, get out, get done. Yeah. Wow. I mean, time is money on a movie set. Like yep. the longer it takes to shoot, the more locations, right. all that kind of stuff, the more money you're spending. So, and I there's mean. some good practical magic or practical effects that are, mm -hmm. were on this set. So the fact that again, like the, some of the, that the, that this movie is only filmed in 23 days. I was like, dang, like they accomplished quite a bit. Yeah. They did. It makes and me rethink. she produced it. Yeah, mm -hmm. her partnership with Benny Medina is one of the smartest things that they both did, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, I, I think she, I think in the early days, she definitely had like a vision of what she really wanted her career to be. But he has been like her 
bulldozer to kind of make it happen. And they've done a lot together. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. He's like her best friend and yeah. her brother. He's like always around. Like, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he work with Will Smith too? He, um, I think, I'm not sure if they still do, but he did. And he is also the nexus for the Fresh Prince. Like that's based on his life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So okay. um, he is a legend in and of himself, but um, she wouldn't have known him if it weren't for Buff Daddy. So <laughs> I'm glad he was good for some. Yes. <laughs> Um, so Simone, you said that this movie is like one of her most shitted on movies. So yes, curious. besides Geely, which kind of has become, I don't know if it's like a cult classic, but it's one of those movies that you love to hate. And so therefore people go back and rewatch it. The Boy Next Door almost, I mean, I don't know if it's like too recent to even be deemed a cult classic. I don't know how much time has to pass for a movie to technically be a cult classic, but this movie quickly gained a following um, like the movie Showgirls did. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were kind of saying like, it's, it's, it's a movie that's so bad that it's actually good. But according to Lil Raj's website, the reviewer for this one, because this is a uh, posthumously Lil Raj world. So the writer review for this one is a woman named Christy Lemire. And she gives The Boy Next Door only one and a half stars. <laughs> but the first line of this review, I was double over laughing in that. Like, the writing for this review is so good. So, <laughs> the cheese is thick, and it smothers everything in The Boy Next Door, but it's never quite gooey or spicy enough. <laughs> you want an erotic thriller in which a hunky 19-year-old seduces a mom twice his age and then obviously stalks and threatens her to be as over-the-top as possible. So if you're going to make an R-rated version of what is essentially a Lifetime movie material, you don't want anything resembling restraint. Ooh. Okay. So this writer was like, you could have escalated this way more yep. and it would have been such a better story and, and, and a thicker one. I actually feel like they escalated it too much. But we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, they maybe they escalated certain aspects, but then toned the dial down in some others. But um, specifically, this writer says, Jennifer Lopez stars as a waspily named Claire Peterson, the hottest high school English teacher in the San Fernando Valley, which is like, <laughs> yeah, like if, <laughs> if everyone would be taking the classic lit class, it at my school if she yep. was a teacher there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but the only the insane and insanely violent climactic showdown in a burning barn of all places finally gives people what they want. You'll howl, you'll squirm, you'll applaud with disgusted glee, and you wish the rest of the film was just that much fun. So <laughs> overall, if you want to read the entire review, you can go to the Roger Ebert website and look it up yourself. But this writer did, you know, bring up some pretty good points that 
there were times where audiences were screaming and shouting. There's times where I'm doing like the Bowser huff in the corner of the room, <laughs> but I felt like I was doing the Bowser huff in like as a negative part because there were things that I was just so frustrated and angry about, yeah. not that I was doing the Bowser huff of like, oh, they're in this burning barn and like, what's gonna happen next? And, and all this stuff. So people were screaming and shouting, but for the wrong reasons in this movie. So what, I mean, what is this movie about? All right. So if you have not watched The Boy Next Door, the summary of this film, an AP high school classic lit teacher, Claire Peterson, played by Jennifer Lopez, is in the midst of a separation from her husband, Garrett, after he was caught cheating with his secretary. As she prepares for a new school year, living on her own with her son, Kevin, played by Ian Nelson, she meets 19-year-old Noah Sanborn, played by Ryan Guzman, who moves in next door to help his sick uncle. Noah is now an orphan following a fatal car accident in his family the previous year. Noah befriends Kevin and begins attending his school where Claire teaches. Noah is drawn to Claire, expressing love for Homer's Iliad. And begins some subtle hints of sexual tension between the two. And when Claire goes on a miserable double date with her work BFF, Vicky, played by iconic Kristen Chenoweth, she ends the night with some wine and gets a call from Noah to come over and help him cook. Still tipsy, she has dinner with him, during which she he unashamedly flirts with her. Despite Claire's hesitation, Noah seduces her and the two have some sex. Realizing her mistake, Claire tries to end the relationship or liaison, but Noah turns violent and obsessive. How will this dangerous liaison end? Will Noah get Claire's cookies? Or will Claire save her family from this violent titty baby fuckboy? <laughs> Not my cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, that was an excellent summary. Thank yes. you, one of my best. summaries, what do we think of the trailer for this movie? I had thoughts. <laughs> Go for it, Jackie. <laughs> so I was in a former life as a school teacher, and they always teach you that when you're de-escalating a student or trying to give them power, you're always, you present yourself lower than they are. So in every single scene, um, in the trailer, he's like hovering over JLo, like showing his dominance. So I, I appreciated that. And then also like the breathing and then like the fade to black cuts as like the pulse of the movie or of the trailer. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like it was a really, really well done trailer, especially for what they had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danielle. Um, I remember when I saw the trailer when this movie was coming out and I was just like, I've seen this before. And I think that happens sometimes with some JLo movies where it, and, and look in Hollywood, we recycle a lot of the same stories over and over again, but it just felt like, why would I do this redux that I know is probably not going to be as good as the original. And it seemed kind of corny. So I was just like, pass. Mm. Mm -hmm. Ooh, burn. Simone. Um, it's definitely a steamy trailer and one that gives the basic premise of the movie. I think it's it, it gives you the idea that this is a reverse fatal attraction story, that it's one 
it's an attract it's a story about two attractive people being attracted to each other but then one doesn't want to be attracted to the other attractive person anymore and then that other attractive person gets real butthurt about it and angry and so you know exactly what you're getting into when watching this film um and watching this trailer you're in this mindset that this is definitely a thriller um and i think i first saw this movie I might have been like pet sitting. I was definitely alone, like hanging out on the couch with some animals that night when I was watching it and thinking it was corny, but being pleasantly surprised to see Jennifer Lopez in another thriller, because I feel like the last thriller that I had maybe seen her in at that point was enough. And it was good to see her or not good, but I really enjoyed her character slim and enough and you know that episode we talked so much about her like whole character arc but this movie was definitely lacking some kind of major character arc for claire yeah yeah well i'm be honest the sex had me <laughs> like i was like <laughs> Ooh, spicy i would totally go see this in theaters or you know rent this i now own it <laughs> um <laughs> and that would be the pull for me is um hot steamy sex and j-lo so <laughs> yeah all right so i mean since we have our blockbuster pals here would you guys have rented this from the question would have been if a customer came in and asked me because it's a new release Ooh, yeah. hey should i go see that new j-lo movie um boy i'm like the boy next door and they're like yeah I would say, you know what? Go look in the favorites for Unfaithful. You'll have a better time. Yes. Ooh. I totally made that connection too. We could talk about that more, but yes. Yep. That's what I would have said. I yeah. would, I would have held off and rented it. I do really, really, really enjoy movies like this. Just anytime someone's stalking someone else, <laughs> I'm in. I don't care how cheesy it is, how crazy they are. I am in, um, but I'm not going to pay $13 to go see it. I'm going to wait till it's, mm. it's available at my local blockbuster store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we didn't do this movie for the podcast, I would have continued to never see this movie. I've never saw, I never saw it till this, till we were doing this. Wow. Oh. Oh boy, you sound like Simone. Who is like me? <laughs> I'd be okay if I never saw this. <laughs> I don't think I've. I think maybe Blood and Wine, but we agreed on that. But I don't think I've ever said that really about any other movie where I'm just oh the backup plan. I would be okay yeah. with never seeing that again. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into the cast. So let's talk about Mr. Ryan Guzman, who is actually let's save him. Let's talk about some of the smaller people first. Um, we Aiden. have <laughs> Aiden Shaw from Sex and the City. Yes, yes that's exactly. Dad, right? Yeah. Okay. So Bria watches Sex and the City. I never did, and so when she was, I was like, "Who is that?" Like I was like, "He looks like the dad from Home Alone, but like a snatched version." May he rest in peace. But he looked to me like the dad from Home Alone. Have you? And Bria's no. like, "Did you do you not know who that is?" I was like, "Nope, sorry." So you've never seen um, 
to all the boys I loved before. I'd said that too. <laughs> no, I read the book, but not the show. Simone, first of all, add this to your list. Okay. The first one, especially the second and third, yeah. they're okay. But the first one, <laughs> I could watch it over and over again. Um, <laughs> Raising Helen. No, I add that to your list. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jackie and I love us a Kate Hudson and a Gary Marshall movie. Okay. Um, and then my big fat Greek wedding. Oh yeah. Obviously. Oh okay. I I've seen that, but I don't remember his part. He's the he was the main guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because he has short hair now, but he's the guy with the long hair that gets married. And just oh. a side note: in uh, my best friend's wedding, they were going to have Julia Roberts' character meet a guy at the wedding, and it was they filmed it. John Corbett was the guy, and it didn't test well, so they cut it. So. <sighs> Poor John Corbett. <laughs> he's always fine. His career is fine. So. Yeah, but he's always getting the shorter end of the six sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> especially. But I will. <laughs> and, and yeah, anytime I see him, he is never John Corbett. He is always Aiden from Sex and the yeah. City. <laughs> well, one there's one movie that I was just like, I did not see him as Aiden, and Aiden, and that's Raise Your Voice with Hilary Duff, and he plays a kooky teacher in that movie real corny stuff but if you're a hillary duff fan you should watch that one too that seems um that seems up his alley though that doesn't surprise me like kooky teacher furniture it was not it was him probably rolling out of the bed that was it (laughs) um but yeah so john corbett plays gary garrett peterson um claire's ex and then we have her son played by ian nelson little baby face little baby baby face who actually yeah actually looked like a high schooler (laughs) yes he actually looked like a high schooler ryan guzman attractive but definitely looked like a 27 year old playing a 27 year old playing a high schooler like (laughs) i I, it, it took a lot out of me and i know that that's how they made it like pc for their characters to like consensually be together if they're playing him off as a 19 year old but Mm-mm. He looks like a man to me, but I like the casting for her son, Kevin, who, you know, just conveniently can control his asthmatic attacks when, you know, <laughs> w- when it matters. So control your breathing, control your breathing. <laughs> Were they asthma or like he, yeah, he, he had asthma and pen. allergies? Oh, he had yeah. allergies too, but he had, I think he had asthma as well because he had breathing problems. Yeah, that like nervous. in that boxing scene when he couldn't control his breathing, that EpiPen or something was there to like. But he broke out in hives. I thought that's why. Yeah. Because he got like really red and stuff. I thought. But I think that could be set on by a panic attack as well. Like mm. you could literally start having problems. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what this fake disease was, but. It was very ambiguous. See, it would make sense if he was like severely allergic to peanuts and then uh, he ate his mom's cookies. He ate his mom's cookies (laughs) or like or the dude puts uh, puts like peanut oil. Yeah, some peanut oil or peanut butter in his gloves. And so that like kind of gets him. Damn, that's thick. (laughs) It's something he would do. It's It's something he would do. I Yeah. Also, um, shout out to Mr. Hill Harper as Principal Edward Warren. So when he came onto the scene, I turned to my sister and said, and now that's who mommy would be giving her cookies to. 
<laughs> not not this little boy, that grown man right there. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, a hot Harper principal. Is, yeah, he's yeah. never not not looked good. I mean, no. <laughs> um, and then of course we have our bestie, best friend, vice principal Vicky Lansing, R.I.P. Played by oh. Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> And Jackie, I'm going to throw this to you because you have Kristen Chenoweth in your background. I love her so much. And she, I feel like I could just like carry her around in my pocket and like yes. she would just sing me songs and just make me happy all the time. <laughs> and I adore her so much. And just from her social media, I think she's just like kooky and wonderful and yep. just wants to make everyone happy. Um, they did her... Mm. it's not even a disservice testify (laughs) like I don't I don't know what happened with this hair Mm. I'm mad for her um people needed to be fired and they needed to bring in um a wig person to like make it look right budget my ass JLo has a glam team with her all the time JLo this was your movie so I can (laughs) point the finger why we did our girl dirty like this um I'm sure there are some like stan drag queens that would come in for free and fix this shit up for her oh my god totally yes if you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to describe it just based off of the picture in Jackie's background. So <laughs> they gave our sweet Kristen Jenoweth a wispy queef of a Karen style wig yep. where it's like long bang in the front and super short in the back. And it just like it's a hairstyle and haircut that might like work on a petite woman like Kristen Chenoweth. But it just made her so plain and simple. And as a vice principal with a big personality like that, she just needed something better. She needed big Southern hair. She Curls. did. She needed it. They did her so wrong. Her her clothes. And the guy, okay. The guy that she, they have her, the, the two guys that they go on that double date with, mm-hmm. which automatically I remember from every WBTV show that the guy that JLo was with um, and the other guy played on soap operas or whatever. And I was like, these guys are not your age. Kristen, boo-boo. I love you, but you're a good... It just didn't look right. They didn't look like they could be together. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys could have gotten some nice, cute, handsome men to to look right. Was, I was really upset about that. Yeah. They did her they so dirty. the budget, but I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of guys who would fake uh, go on a date, blind yeah. date with J-Lo and Kristen Chenoweth for yes. nothing. So. I would. I would put on a mustache so quick. <laughs> <laughs> Same, same. <laughs> so the beard filter on me. <laughs> so, all right. So leaving back to our leading man, Ryan Guzman, who is um, relatively like a newcomer when this movie comes up. Yeah, he was uh, most notably noted for being in the step up movie that's where i saw him girl that's where i saw him and so i was like okay that definitely explains the bod because i mean to objectify if i may um yeah he has a he has a cavernous deep chest like the line that goes (laughs) in between the pectoral muscles i was like 
I could drive a tech deck through that. Like, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So, yeah, Push he my definitely. Hot wheels down there. <laughs> Make a little Hot Wheels ramp, you know what I mean? Like, going down the middle, up a little ramp at the end wow. for a visual. But, like, yeah, no, he's ripped for sure. Um, and I, I wonder if that's just because he had, like, a bit of a dancing background or what. Yeah, but, he yes. said. He said that the step up movies helped him like he was already in good shape from that for this yeah. but um also i know that back in the day for out of sight jennifer lopez had to go to george clooney's house to audition for yes. her role yes. and then at some point i can't remember which movie but she also had an actor come to her house to audition mm -hmm. and we were like oh look at you switching it up boss mm -hmm. babe now mm -hmm. and ryan came to her house to read for this role as well so <laughs> i would I have been that. like i'm reading for your future boyfriend like why did he not take advantage of this time in her life like she was done with mark anthony oh. right like she I, said I, she said that um she was dating someone all through casper was it casper yeah fucking casper but again <laughs> casper is a wispy queef of a person that yeah. maybe is it's true <laughs> i feel like having him as a, like having this movie and having him as a boy toy after would have just been the cherry yeah. on top you know totally. what i mean i mean totally. okay okay so let's talk about that because there were rumors that they were dating and there was a rumor that she had wanted someone who was single in case it led to something else and oh, like i think that was on move. um her ryan seacrest interview and mm -hmm. she's just like that is not true i was dating someone and like why would like i'm auditioning guys and then be like mm, okay he might make a good boyfriend afterwards yeah jayla's <laughs> just joking because that's a thing in hollywood they do that i know tom cruise 100 percent does it I mean, she said that that happens, but she's like, that's not what happened this time. Like, that's not. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Skirt, 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 skirt. Back to that. <laughs> Tom Cruise, like, is trying to find his future wife. So he oh. will, like. Let me give you the breakdown. He started off his career. He dated Cher. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was when he had the crooked teeth. I was like, weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, then he went on to marry Mimi Rogers, who was a bigger star. So he kept on like being with people Leveling who were bigger up. stars. Right. Then he was doing Days, Days of Thun Thunder. And the way that Nicole Kidman kind of talks about that situation, it was almost like an audition, not just to be in the movie, but to be his new girlfriend. And that's what happens every time he's in that transition to have a new movie. And so when, when it came to Katie Holmes, it was the same situation. He is auditioning, you know, there was before it got to Katie Holmes, when he was Penelope doing Vanilla Sky and Penelope, oh, Cruz, Penelope yep. Cruz, and she was on the cusp of like break, breaking out of her roles. Um, Cause she had done the, the um, Spanish version or where, I don't know if it where Yeah. She did the Spanish version of Vanilla Sky or Vanilla Sky was the the Americanized version of it, or whatever. So oh, then like, that's that. how they found, you know, her. Um, and so she came into that role, and they met on the set. And I, I again, he's just whenever he's casting, he's casting for his ladies. But I feel like that's the Scientology of it, yeah, because it, that because between Penelope Cruz and um, 
Katie Holmes, there's a lady who was in Scientology that like also auditioned. Yeah. And they groomed her pretty much to date him and like it didn't work out. There was no well I forget what happened. I just like I listened to it in Leah Remini's book, but um Mm. but basically she did she did or said something that was like that the Scientologists didn't like and they just like pretty much removed her from his life. And like he didn't break up with her. She didn't get to say goodbye, like his kids, all that stuff. And she had been with him for a while. Like they had been together technically for a while. And it was just like immediate. And I'm pretty sure she had like a mental breakdown because of that. Because in Scientology, a lot of stuff that happens in your life is like your fault. It's like, well, what did you do to cause this? It's very shaming. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to derail that conversation. I am not surprised, sad to say, and I, but I'm just so enthralled in this. I want to learn more about this because I'm Scientology? sure. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, it's so fascinating. Yes. No, go down I, that rabbit I hole. Had, I had a scary thing with Scientology once when I was visiting my friend Julie in LA, which uh, that's a whole other story. But um that like Hollywood does this like purposefully yeah. shipping or coupling people together yeah. in hopes like I'm sure it's just one of those things where I never thought about it I'm sure it happens but like to hear it be said out loud is like yeah, yeah you have to look at the like when you're on set I definitely feel like you can't fake some of those emotions and I get how people actually fall in love on set and stuff like that. And they have real relationships, but a lot of the times it's not a coincidence. They coincide with a movie franchise or the rumors start circulating on purpose. Um, just so people ship the couples and then they have an investment in these movies. They yeah. get me. Because <laughs> I I hundred percent cannot believe that Robert Pattinson and Chris Kristen Stewart were a real relationship. Yeah, I know. that to me was like a media circus. Yeah. That that I mean, and it maybe Shannon they, Tatum and Jenna Dewan met on Step I think Up. they were really in love. I don't nobody was expecting that movie. It's not I'm talking about yeah. like big franchises where they need they were both nobodies when that movie came out. I'm talking about big stars or you, you know, people that have those fan bases, they start making those rumors come. Yeah. I still uh, think that, like, unexpected movies like that, like, those couplings do help in many ways because, like, a big coupling for me was, like, Adam Brody and Rachel Bilson on the OC. And I yeah. felt like they were like, you know, you two should. He could have dated Anna. He could have dated Misha Barton. But, um, but, like, that totally hooked me. I was like, oh, my God, they're dating on the show. And real life? Yes. Like, so. I think in TV shows for sure. But yeah, all those, and especially if you're those teeny bopper kids, mm-hmm. you know, oh. it's just about publicity. I, Zach Vanessa, Efron, H- Vanessa Hudgens. Don't think that was real. I don't think that one was real. Yeah. Yeah. But to bring it back to our movie, what I will say though is that despite the problematic things, and disgusting boyish behavior of Ryan Guzman's character. They had some sexual tension that was believable in my book. And when that, when those scenes came on, I was, you know, we got a little warm (laughs) in his house. It was a little warm. (laughs) That's, 
that's why I was like, this is going to be interesting watching it with you because I love a good sex scene. Oh, <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> it's always awkward watching those things with someone else around or even if someone just comes like in the kitchen and you're like, God, you haven't been downstairs all day. Why now? <laughs> <laughs> Try watching it when your grandma comes out. My sister and I were watching it and my grandma... <laughs> And like, I, usually those sex scenes are kind of like one, two, three. And it mm-hmm. is as like, Jayla, will you come already? Jesus. <laughs> Take it, it so was, long. It was very extended. Um, <laughs> yeah. And of course, they get asked about it in mm-hmm. all of their interviews. And, mm-hmm. and I knew that I predicted that when we were um, <laughs> looking after the movie on YouTube and we were like, damn, there's a lot of interviews about this movie. And I was like, I guarantee you, we don't need to watch them all because yeah. they're all going to ask them about the sex scene. Were you nervous? How was it? What was it like to do it with JLo and all this kinds of stuff? So let's let's talk about some of their interviews and we could still talk about Mr. Ryan Guzman. He- was anyone else upset that there was only one sex scene before yes, he went me. crazy? Yes. yes. Where is the progression? Yes. It was the immediate turn post-coital in the morning when she's trying to, like, you know, daintily get out of there. <laughs> walk and of shame. The walk of shame. And, you know, we can get into this later when we talk about how this role compares to some of the other roles similar that Jennifer Lopez has done. But I was shocked at that, too, because there was a lot of, like, little flirtations little looks and stolen glances that i was almost it would have made it just a little bit more naughtier and a little bit more wrong had they progressed their like you know had they had a few more liaisons if yes. you know what i mean yeah that's my biggest probably gripe about this movie because like i said or like Danielle pointed out, like Unfaithful is like one of my favorite movies. Like, ugh, just love that movie. And that slow burn of like how their relationship evolves and then just gets like crazy and out of control. That's what I was like hoping for. And I was, it was just, this movie was like zero to 100, like real quick. <laughs> so yeah. I was just like, damn. And then I was like, after one time, you're going to be this crazy? Like Our cookies were delicious. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> something must have been in them. Cause, mm. But I do think, obviously, he they try to give him this history of issues. Mm-hmm. And she slowly finds that out after the fact. But, um, yeah, I just, I feel like it felt rushed. And it that part of it kind of felt like the budget might have been like, we got one big sex scene that we could do. That's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> versus like maybe some more flirtation at school. Some like. Yeah. To have their affair maybe start once he was already enrolled in her class. Because it wasn't yeah. until after they had sex. That's when like the next. Then they had like it was Claire's first day of school. Mm-hmm. And then on her first day of school, the mr what was his name wilson edward or principal edward warren warren um where the principal came comes in and he says like oh i approved your transfer um go ahead jackie in what teacher world do i get to say 
hey, I want this kid to be in my class. And the principal is just like, okay, cool. No world. That <laughs> like there were so many flaws about the educational system in this movie. And that's what got me Bowser huffing in the corner. Cause I was like, this would never happen. <laughs> and I'm just like, a movie has to movie. Like they have to do what they have to do to make it progress. I do think they could have been more realistic about it and it still would have been fine. But mm-hmm. yeah. I think as insane as he was and like, because their tryst happened before he was even enrolled in class, you didn't even have to have the whole, she's a school teacher part in it. Like you could have yeah. lifted that entire storyline out mm-hmm. and just have like, Hey, I recorded us. I'm going to send it. I'm going to post it on Facebook or whatever. You like, I just yeah. think it makes the stakes higher because we've all heard the stories of, you know, for a teacher, like any career, if you, somebody sends those videos, you might like, what what are you doing with your personal life? Take, keep that shit at home. But as a teacher with a student, but I told my sister, I was like, this dude, first of all, what, what school is letting somebody come to school without seeing their transcripts? Yes. That was, ugh. So that I was like, he's not even a student. Don't sweat this boo-boo. You had a tryst with the boy next door. He's yeah. of age. He wasn't going to the school. Like, why, why is this a real thing? What, you he know? should just be getting his GED and moving on with his life. He really yeah. did not need to go back to be do a senior year of high school. Because senior. you got to think of, of it too as a student shame to be like the old kid, like in your class of seniors, yeah. but to be older than everyone and kind of feel kind of like a dumbass, even though he didn't flunk, like it was a personal thing, but still. Yeah. I just want to point out that the writer, Barbara Curry, um, in, in a few interviews, so her first draft of the movie actually focused on a 12-year-old boy and the mother's trial of trying to get her son out of this boy's clutches and gradually oh, it became okay. something else. <laughs> Not a sexual <laughs> relationship okay. with the 12-year-old oh, boy. Oh, just okay. like the son being a bad influence on her son and trying to get gotcha. her son away from him. Oh, no okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you, you have me worried for a second. My heart was in so my funny. ass. <laughs> All the faces wow. I'm getting. Like... <laughs> All right. And so also, so obviously it became something else. And then um, she also said that originally Claire was happily married, but she chose to have her separated due to her husband's infidelity so that she could be a more sympathetic character and that she was influenced by the real life story of Mary Kay Letourneau, which Simone was like (laughs) totally like, what was that one teacher who dated her uh, student's name? Mm. Obviously, I feel like she tried like she i i'm interested in the 12 year old kids just like not being a good influence on each other that sounds interesting but i think she had a change of mind and tried to change too much too soon right. <laughs> maybe it sounds like she was literally what's that movie is it 13 yeah yes. the, yeah of like just we, the coming of age yeah, yeah we've already seen it we see this. It, it sounds like a combination of the good son and 13. yes yes exactly I had I I'm right there with you, Jackie, hundred percent. And for you younger millennials, a good son is a wonderful movie from the early '90s with Macaulay Culkin mm. and Elijah uh, Wood. Elijah Wood. Yes, and they play cousins. And woo, 
is Home Alone batshit crazy in that movie. Mm-hmm. Batshit crazy. I've never seen it. So oh, good. It's, so it's good. a good one. It's a good one. Put that down. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. So Kent, for me, you guys have been on this JLo journey. Yeah. I think one of the things that kind of drives me crazy when I go to see one of her movies is I a hundred percent fully support that she is a woman of color doing big things, but she has some of these roles where her like ethnic background is completely assimilated or whitewashed. And I don't understand why. Yeah. So I'm like, sitting in a room and there's like an elephant in the room and nobody's talking about why is JLo, especially like the wedding, was it the wedding planner where (laughs) her like, what? Okay. (laughs) Um, But now she's producing this movie. She is producing this movie. She has the opportunity. It's a small budget. Fine. But what are you, why can't that part of your ethnicity come in a little bit, yeah. your experiences from your personal life. Because first of all, all I was questioning was a Hispanic, a Latina woman would not react in the same way in, in some of these things happening. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I just can't imagine. Yeah. So that frustrates me yeah, to no end. I mean, we've talked about this because I, I think early on we and I think JLo too early on saw it as like a plus because it's she's not being pigeonholed to like you can only play these spicy Latina roles like maybe a Sofia Vergara where it's like okay but we want you to be more Latin like yeah. being mm-hmm. Latin which is like an SNL skit yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that she was in but um I do think I do think that it's kind of like when we talked about love and basketball how like you Danielle was like you know I don't even want to call this a black movie because it's just like this movie is just relatable to anybody it doesn't it's not grounded in like blackness and when she talks about this movie she's like you know this movie isn't like to have two Latino um leads it's not a movie that is like grounded in like this is a Latin story and something like in the heights or something like this right they're just people and life happens and this happens. So right. their ethnicity isn't at the forefront. But I get what you're saying. Like, just because it's not like, I'm Latin and this right. is the struggles of like Southeast LA. Like, it, I, she's still a Latin woman. And, and there she's not that, in this movie. That's the yeah. problem. So like, there's coding to it, right? Like in Love and Basketball, it is not grounded in being a black movie. But it shows different facets of black life, black life yeah. and so much of the core of who those characters are still have to do with identity of them being black. But it's not the top priority because as we're living in our own lives, us being black is not always like the forefront. We're just living. And yeah. so I think it did a good balance. She had an opportunity here in this movie. I personally believe that she could have had her ethnicity in there, her culture in there in a way that was still palatable to middle America that still showed a different, like we are multifaceted as Latinas and Latino people. Like we don't have to just be one way. And to me, it just felt like complete whitewashing of that opportunity. 
Yeah. Yeah. And a, a way that maybe they could have incorporated it. I'm just totally thinking out loud of like little tweaks and things to fix the movie. But like one thing that they could have done was instead of being a classic lit teacher to be like an AP, like Latinx author teacher where they talk about like different um, authors in the Latinx community. Or if a the Spanish scene. Teacher. What? Or a Spanish, Spanish teacher. Yes, that too. Um, or like, yeah, like a salsa dance teacher. I don't right. know. But I but I think that to the scene where um, the custodian saw her kind of get not physical, but like she like put her hand out to, you know, push away. What's it? What's the guy's name? It's not Kevin. Kevin's the son. Noah. <laughs> Thank Noah. you. Noah to like push Noah away. And he reported it to the principal for even the principal to say like, like not something stereotypical, but something of like, oh, you have to watch the way that you react because like, you know what they say or I don't right. you know what I mean? Like, so that as a way for her to like, you know, keep, I don't know. I don't know. What it's I'm more, even in just the smallest things, like I just made dinners. I made, I just made dinner. It could be um you know a meal that she probably would make as yeah, like a Latina in woman when she makes menudo right mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to even be a big thing it's just very smart parts my bad yeah <laughs> the tripe is gross yeah I I just feel like that would be or nice even if like she's walking through the hallway and she passes another Latino person and it just like says something like a greeting in Spanish or something as she walks by just something that like connects her to other people of her community and her culture would I have mean, been I mean honestly my biggest did I write this down here or my biggest thing was like this was a great opportunity for her to have an actual Latin family too. Mm -hmm. Like yes, why, yeah. like John Corbett, like I was excited to see him because obviously Aiden, I was like, oh my God, shit, Aiden's in here. And I was like, wait, they're married? Like I didn't buy that. Like no. I'm like, in what world are they together? And then like her son. And I've said this too, like with enough, like it bothered me that Gracie seemed so white. Yeah, and so in Jersey Girl, I was super happy with Raquel Castro because she looks like she could be like a mixed child, mm -hmm. which yeah. she is actually, I believe. And then Tyler Posey was like the mm -hmm. second, like, or yeah. the first kid that I was like, that looks like that could be her child. But like, in what world is John Corbett her husband and Ian Nelson's the fruits of their yeah. <laughs> relationship? Yeah, mm -hmm. and so uh, I, I thought agree. even that something as simple as that would have like made it more interesting to me because I think she has less wiggle room in her I guess for her maybe how she feels in her movie career in her producing credits like some like the Foster's Good Trouble um the one where she plays a cop you could see her actually it's incorporate her culture or yeah. even just the um, Latinx culture is more visible in those um, situations than I've seen as much in her movie career. So yeah. maybe she just feels a little bit more freedom when she does television than she can with movies. And I get it because what you're told by studios is that you have to be targeting middle America. Mm. And mm -hmm. like we said earlier today, it's not necessarily true. So, yeah. And I think that's why like El Cantante is like one of her favorite roles because it is such a Latin oriented story and even border town too yeah and there's glimpses of that but i think too 
you know, people have careers, so you can do your passion projects, but like sometimes passion projects don't pay the bills. So yeah, but I feel like you could still, she has the opportunity to take risks now at this point. Cause like Reese Witherspoon decided to make her production company and so, um, and has made an effort to make more female based stories and including women of color and she's doing it. So I don't really think we can kind of say that anymore. Yeah. No, I'm not excusing it, but like, I just, maybe that's like not her mindset, you know, and it should be, it should be better. Yeah. No, I know you're not saying that. I just mean her when, when, you know, and I'm not bashing JLo. I just feel like when I have these stars who have a voice who have worked their ass off to get that piece of pie. Yeah. I kind of hold them accountable that maybe they could be doing more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that. totally. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm curious to know how you, how you guys think what this role as Claire compares to some of other Jennifer Lopez's characters. Maybe, you know, we don't have to go just with enough, but just in general, how might this role compare to some of other Jennifer Lopez's roles? I almost felt like this might be an unpopular opinion mm-hmm. that this could be like the sequel to the wedding planner. Like they've been married for a bunch of years. They have a kid in high school now, like kind of bloom is off the rose. Like Eddie's been catching eyes with someone else. I mean, like, I felt like Claire and was it Maria, Mary Mary? from Mm -hmm. Wedding Planner, their personalities were very similar. Even like she gets that like whispery talk in some Mm. of her roles. And so they both had that kind of like same whispery cadence to the character. I don't know. Like it was just a, it felt very much Mm -hmm. like it could just slowly evolve into the boy <laughs> next door <laughs> yeah for me um in comparison to other roles the problem is this i think jlo's is a good actress sometimes um i know she's a good actress because in the like oh, there's so many movies where i feel like she killed it and then sometimes i'm just like where are we going um so with this movie it was really hard not to see mm-hmm. this is jlo yeah. like i could not see jlo being pushed around hit knocked out yeah dragged yeah scared i and especially because of enough i think that is causes a problem like i i can't like what's happening right now jayla would never that was one of my biggest beefs (laughs) and i think the only movie may yeah maybe one of the only movie roles that i feel like could accurately compare to the maybe type of situation that their character would be in would be from enough and you know at first like like i said earlier it slim had this evolution to her character she had this character arc where she puts on those rings she puts on the timberland boots and she's like hiding in the house because she's ready to kick some ass i didn't see that with claire now, I don't know if that's yeah. given her circumstance as a teacher. She's trying to play it safe. She's trying to play it cool. But like, Please. you and Jackie I would know. kill somebody. If a student so I don't like even... <laughs> forcibly pushed themselves on me in a bathroom, that's justification for me to punch them hard in the dick and call the police on mm-hmm. them. 
because yes. and again like i don't know if they did so many like cop-out moves because of her job and she was trying not to like have people find out because at the, at the end of the day at the end of the movie no one knows about but maybe well yeah. no kristen chenoweth <laughs> took it to the grave so no one else knew yeah. about this incident this this meeting this like, sexual meeting how do you explain this barn fire and all this stuff like him tying up your also like so i she... want her to explain that to her ex-husband her, yeah, husband so and her son he just like, became really yeah he came exactly. obsessed, obsessed with me i was just nice to him i don't know what happened at that point she destroyed anything. the video she destroyed a lot of the evidence she could easily go back to the uncle's house and like get rid of all that shit in the crazy crazy. room because they left that open as a plot hole (laughs) but she cleared up like she covered a lot of her tracks along the way that she could easily play this off as like this boy was obsessed with me from the start and you know forced himself on me and hacked my computer to put himself into my ap class and was you know trying to take a wing with my son and then I have proof that like he tampered with the brakes on my husband's car and all this stuff so I, that's probably what that post conversation after the fire barn was like but that yeah. I did not like how this movie ended because it was just the flames die out and then the credits roll and I'm like what what <laughs> why weren't okay why weren't the cops yes. called when he bashed that kid's head in the locker? Why was he having a conversation with Kristen Chenoweth? <laughs> Alone was like, where's the campus police officer? Like, why is she alone right. with him? Like, he would have, that would have been an immediate right. expulsion. He would have been arrested because. Yes, because he's 19 and he laid his hands on a yes. minor, no doubt, at that point. So that's enough to arrest him, keep him off campus. He would have never been allowed to have been at that dance where Claire was chaperoning, anyways. And he wouldn't have had been able to go back back to his house because he would be locked up for processing he he almost killed the kid how is that like that was you want to talk about plot hole and that the was graffiti in the back I was like, I was like what happened to that nobody saw that yes. shit. Like, oh yeah yeah she need him in the balls and, and he left and then she left too and it's 2015 there are cameras in schools like pull the fit- footage of him like forcibly shoving me into a bathroom like or pull the footage of him vandalizing my yeah. classroom. The classroom. No, this too, bitch is crazy. Like he got to go. Isn't in their classroom before their kids get there. Sometimes me. <laughs> if you're <laughs> running late. If you're running late, like sometimes I'm right there at the bell and I'm unlocking the door. Okay. Um, no judgment. But, Sorry, teacher. No, 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 no. It's okay. But like, I also thought that the principal overreacted with that one. He's like, Claire, you open this yes. door right now. She could be like, I'm changing. Like, I, I have a more wardrobe malfunction or like really quickly yeah, yeah. i got my period sorry yeah. i had to change clothes yeah that, hear was about not, that? that was not a principal reaction no. like no principal would have ever been like like especially it's high school they can wait in the hall yeah. for a few minutes. It's not like you have kindergartners right. on and they're seniors in the at best. And and it sounds like if she's teaching like a classic lit class, that might be an AP class. So it's also just kids who like 
they can take care of themselves. They'd probably be like, all yeah. right, Miss Peterson, right. like yeah. needs a minute. Like, let's go sit in the grass while she's until she's ready. I have AP calculus homework. Yeah. I need to finish. Yeah. <laughs> Double check, triple check. <laughs> <laughs> That's how kids in my class would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, that was that was unnecessary. <laughs> the lack of the slow burn really is like why there's like Simone said, there's no character arc for Claire and there's no payoff yeah. of her like having this big triumphant like showdown with him. And the showdown is yeah. just so haphazard. There's so many like I rewatched it this morning and when she um is like, Well, you can't trust me and she hits him with like the crowbar, but then she drops it and it's just I'm just like, What? In yeah. what world do you not make sure that shit is like double a wrap? tap, J Lo. Double and tap. Then- and then when he shoots um, Garrett, and she's like, husband, oh, my God, yeah. stay with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but your son is tied up well, your over son. there. <laughs> like, and this is no. when he can Not keep your his cheating asthma husband. under control. He's like, I got it, right. this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Even with all the the, the, the panic-inducing smoke oh, inhalation. That's totally I'm like fine. movie oh shit God. because the fires then, are so contained where, you know, they need them. They're burning the exactly where they should be. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so one, I was watching it with my sister and I said, where are the cops? I asked that a lot in this movie. She's like everywhere where there's uh, everywhere where they're not supposed to be. (laughs) But (laughs) that was, she called and he got her out of the car. So because of that terminated 911 call and she screamed, Simone, you pointed that out when we watched it. You're like, oh my God, they're going to come because she screamed. And so it's like, how long does it take? And this morning when I was watching it, I was like, where the fuck in L.A. does uh, the vice principal live that she has all this land and she's isolated and there's a barn? Like, where is this? Because it. it I want to know her sense. salary and where she's living. <laughs> she lives in a nice area. It, it, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't make sense. There were too many red flags so early on. And I, what I would have loved is if um, Claire had she's a classic lit teacher like where are the ideas where's the creativity where's the home alone and yeah. home alone in the shit out of your house like i'm not going to sleep after i know next door there's mm-hmm. a fucking stalker oh to karen's house down the street with her pussycat wig <laughs> and hang out at her house yeah exactly there's no way i would have i would have told my ex-husband right away yeah yeah, yeah right away and he wouldn't have had shit to say i would have been like cookies okay like now we're, now yeah, we're even shut the, the fuck up and how are you gonna help me <laughs> like, yeah so you had your secretary right. i had my boy no next way. door now we're <laughs> now we're even clean slate how are we gonna fix this the other weird thing is she was definitely a helicopter mom in this movie but like when her son goes to the dance with that trampy <laughs> misguided girl she <laughs> When they meet at the dance, she's standing next to them like the three of them are going on a date. Beat it, scram. Yeah. What are you also, doing? Also, I thought it was kind of weird that like they didn't go together. Because usually for like a homecoming dance, you take yeah. your pre-pictures together and then you roll up as a couple. Yeah. And obviously, like Noah was using the scroll as like a little decoy because we see them together which I thought that that was right. interesting that that's the nudity that they showed. Now I know that JLo has like a no yes. nudity clause in her contract and she she does like to 
keep covered for the most part. But um, that kind of made me feel uncomfortable because I know that they were high school kids. And well, and yes. I was like, I feel like I'm watching some kind of like weird, yeah, kitty porn, Kitty like porn. weird, strange, like step porn, even though, you know, they're not step, but like, it just, it, 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 it felt like some weird taboo going on there. And I was like, I, I, It was totally unnecessary. well, the director, when he signed on, he was like, I'm not doing a movie about sex and it's PG-13. Like, you know, if you want me, I'm making a rated R movie. I don't want to deal with sex and make it for like 13 year olds. So maybe that was his like, okay, JLo won't show her titties. So we'll get this chick to show her titties. It was some, it had to be some guy. It either had to be a studio exec. I mean, she's a producer. She could have said no. It was just Yeah. very weird. And, and you know what's happening now? I think the more that we're having inclusion of, of different types of people in these movies, when you see these things now and you know they're unnecessary, you kind of say, they, they very much are in your face. Unlike the 90s, the time period Jackie and I are doing where it
I'm not sad I watched it, <laughs> but like I was hoping for more. I was just like, hmm. oh, I just saw, I just watched that one episode with the dick. I, I wasn't interested. <laughs> Did you watch it because of the news? I did, did see, see it, it on, on the, the news. news. <laughs> I saw it on the news too. <laughs> What's I when Jayla was talking about the sex scene that she did, um, she brought up an interesting thing. Okay, I am a pop culture whore. <laughs> like I will consume anything about pop culture, anything about movies. I went to film school and graduated. She said that there is a term that they use in the mm-hmm. industry that I apologize if I do. I apologize if I don't. I had never heard that yes. term, but apparently it's like, like this agreement saying without saying like, oh, sometimes dudes get hard during sex scenes and sometimes they don't. And it has no like bearing on you or your performance in said sex scene. I'm like. I learned something new today and that's going to stick with me forever. (laughs) Yeah. I learned that too. I was like, wow, that's kind of, that's a great phrase. Like it sums it all up perfectly. But there was also something she said about how she said that those, like, you know, it's hard to like fake those emotions and they kind of exist like at least a little bit. And I was like, Chalo, because I'm so used to actors just being like, well, you know, the sex scene's not fun. It's awkward. There's people on set watching you. You're trying to make this thing believable. But when she was like, I mean, you kind of have to yeah. like get into those emotions. And so like some of it is a little bit like there, like, you know, you're a little bit attracted or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but they just talked about it on the Drew Barrymore show. She eh, can't say that two times fast. She said it on her show because she had a reunion of the Never Been Kissed cast. And Mm -hmm. so Michael Vartan talks about how in the movie at the end, she kisses him for real. And he got a little bit happy and had to keel over and pretend his back went out so he can calm down a little bit. Because at the time they were both single. And so she just took her shot and he was like, this is Drew Barrymore, so obviously. And I was like, what? My childhood. And I have to think that that's actually the ultimate form of acting to be so in your head that you don't have time to get a boner to like when you're kissing up on someone really hot and sexy like that I would not be offended personally. I'd be like, wow, you were really in there, weren't you? Like you were so in the scene and in the moment. Um, Because it's hard, like I don't have a penis, but I know how easy it is that if I just flash a quick titty, I know how arousing it can be for someone else who lives in my house. The titty that launched a thousand ships. Like, you know, the dick is sensitive and it's just like you can like smile or just like bat your eyelash and a dude will get a boner. So the fact that like there are people out there in Hollywood who don't, I'm like kind of impressed. That's the that's the only bonus I feel like to be a woman. I have those thoughts. I'm like (laughs) Like a penis is such a hassle hassle. at times. Like, (laughs) I mean, my boobs get in the way constantly, but I mean, they don't like 
wrap around my head if like a hot guy walks by. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, Could you imagine if it was like the cartoon, like instead of your eyeballs, it was like your boobies, like wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, I would wow. take a penis over having a period any day. That I, I agree with. <laughs> and I feel like it's so funny. So let's just talk about it. Because I feel like when girls talk about this, immediately we're just like, oh, and I'd be the biggest whore. Like I would just be sticking my dick in every and anything yeah. walking. And I feel like that's because there's so much more attached to our uterus and our vagina than just yeah. sex. Like, there's functionality so behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we have to be so practical at all times? So annoying. Yes. So annoying. <laughs> but you know what? If I can go back in time, if I if I knew what I knew now, I'd be the whorest mm. whore you've ever seen. I would be having a Same. good old time. I think that, but then I'm like, but that's nope. not who I am. What do it a hundred percent? Try it anyways. Lizzo <laughs> gave you permission, anyways. so yeah, 100%. Mom said it's okay. Mom said it's quiet. All right. Who cares? I want my 20-year-old boobs back. I want them to get seen. They need to, right. they need uh, to be seen. Yeah. My metabolism. <laughs> I should have been wearing crop tops. Right? Where was I I would at? never wear a top braless all day. Don't care how they're swinging. Right? <laughs> Man. Missed missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's why I try to tell my le- my niece. I'm like, you know what? Be a whore. Crop top it up. <laughs> no, do, just do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't be a whore. But like, Horse, have fun. Live your are, life. Like, don't... A, con- uh, a construct of men. Just be free, yes, my free. baby girl. Yes. Be, be safe, safe be free. and be free. <laughs> yeah. You're not hurting anyone. No. And you no. know, do you. JLo in a way, her character was being safe and being free she kind of released her inhibition and felt the rain on her skin (laughs) no one else could feel it for her only she could let him in and she let him in and she did and it was it was glorious yeah to watch it was also when we were watching this I felt when that. When he yeah. puts his hand down her panties. <laughs> I, I got his twin. I was, I was. Yes, but I immediately was like, oh, that's a body double. <gasps> it wasn't. She said know. that everything was her. And I am impressed because I felt like she would have been like, oh, no, that's not happening. How does but it, she how, how did, she how must have had that? some kind of like nude covering over, right? You think? I like, I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> How that works? Yeah. Maybe like she had a max. Yeah, it but like real. a flesh Yeah, color. like a second pair of underwear. Like, but like an even low riser thong that was just like covering over. Yeah. I, I would have been like, let's let look. Let's just do this for real. <laughs> what if what if that was her prank? Like he thought that there was gonna be a covering, but then when he went, he's like, oh. <laughs> Call me, baby. Slippery when Oh, wet. it was wet over here. <laughs> oh my god. It was wet over here. Yeah, when he made that little, when he made that statement when um the dad mm-hmm. when Garrett and the son came were at the house and he was making all these innuendos. Oh my god. 
I would have dropped that hat. <laughs> Jesus. I love oh, in the cookie, cookie line oh, was oh, ad libbed. Yes. That was not in the script. Yeah, he ad libbed that, and like props to him because that obviously I said that in the beginning. That line is like mm-hmm. the line mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. Kind of, I was so. like, because oh, it was back to back. I was like, why he's so dangerous? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, that and when um he goes in the kitchen when she's putting away the groceries, like. If he wasn't so fucking crazy, that could have been another yes. hot moment of like we're sneaking mm-hmm. around and we fucked already. And I think hello. that's what but, I was looking for more of the like sneaky, sneaky yeah, like sneaky, like <laughs> not the actual like sex, but just like yeah, groping, making mm-hmm. out in a corner. Then like, oh, the sun shuts the door, he's home. Like, oh straighten up go back to what we we're doing like we needed more of yes. that before yeah like, like yeah. my plumbing the isn't scene. working Ooh. look under the sink do you need a tool oh oops i'm not wearing underwear <laughs> do you need a ride after but that? i think yes. well the way the way that they did it was <laughs> all of this was noah coming on to her never yeah. once did mm-hmm. claire come on to him or invite him over for dinner or invite him over to help her with something like it was him calling hey i think i like fucked up this chicken um please come over and help me or you know like and he has that bit of a sympathy card right because of his background and because oh he lives with his Mm -hmm. uncle he's just trying to help him out and all that stuff like his uncle i wrote in my notes (laughs) Uh, Noah crazy, Noah crazy, but I put death on a chair. That dude, he was re- he was one foot in the grave, and I was surprised because they said, "Oh, because they said, well, he's in the hospital receiving his treatment, like he had like some like a kidney transplant or something." But then Claire finds the secret crazy basement with all of her pictures over it, with the bed and the computer, and then when she runs up the stairs, and he's like, "Claire, what?" when never revisited <laughs> that ever again so i thought i thought he was already in the hospital or i thought that that was 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 what was going to send him to the hospital because she frightened him so much that he had like a little heart attack and was like <sighs> and she just left she wasn't like yeah. yo check out the digs downstairs like nothing <laughs> she didn't explain why like even She's give a lie why she, she was no, she was like bye <laughs> but speaking of jump scares, like the fact that Noah went to yeah, that was Kristen Chinowitz's house, like I was not expecting that. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna ah! Like I was, n- I was expecting him to like go to her house yeah. or his house and in- intervene with her what she was doing there. But never did I think he was going to show up, which kind of doesn't make sense because he was following her and then he saw her in the car and then he was like oh it's not Claire and then he did that heinous like over the median u-turn which I was just like in what world does he not get called in and then he goes back which I thought he would have went back like he wouldn't have been going home because if he was leaving school and following her then he would have just kept the way they were going but like going back, I was like, why is he going back to the school? But then if he shows up at her Maybe house, she was... it's like he should just kept Sorry. 
Maybe she was going the direction no. of actual Claire's house, so it didn't seem weird at first. And where she lived, yeah. obviously, was on the other side of town, maybe be beyond the school. So maybe when he switched, he was, I don't know, heading towards her. I have no idea, but like. How did he know? Where, well, he probably like. Had yeah, he knew everything. School. He so was crazy. Was I was just like, I, I don't know how this is happening. No. <laughs> but I. Why did. Why are you still in high school if you're able to do get all a this job. weird stalker shit? <laughs> yeah. Well, that. So tell me the motivations of the young girl taking the boy to the to, to the dance think, and going out. With I think him. in a deleted like, scene, there was a conversation between Noah and that girl where he said, where like she expressed more interest in Noah. Obviously, sorry, Kevin, you ain't got no, nothing against yeah. him, but. She had said, like, oh, I'd rather go to the dance with you. And he said, like, listen, Kevin's a friend of mine. Can you go to the dance with him? And then, like, you and I can get together at some point after. Um, I think that was in a deleted scene or was supposed to be included at some point or maybe in the extended version. I forgot. But yeah, that I think I think that would be the the, the motivation to maybe like hook Kevin into thinking that Noah was a decent guy, and then if he ever yeah. saw that the two of them were actually together, then he would like no longer want to be friends with him anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, so shady. I thought it was shady. He hooked. I, if I was the mom, if I was um, Claire, I would have been taking pictures of that whole situation and then like I then told you. Stay away from that boy. He's mm. sleeping with your girl. But then she has she was not yeah, thinking. Then but she then has, that's like well, child I mean, pornography. I, guess I think they're getting away with it because she's 18. They're like seniors, maybe. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> yes. I was yeah, a baby senior. I, don't know. I was still it's so weird. Because if she so if she goes so. to Claire's school and she has a picture, her a student's boobies on her phone. Yeah. It's all around <laughs> spicy and no fun. But yeah i know yeah. and as we're so kind of getting bottles. into the two and a half hour mark i'm curious i know what um what are some wrapping up thoughts before we do our rating and then our movie snack and cocktail spread what final wrap-up thoughts do we have about the boy next door i uh i mean as cheesy and predictable as it is i'm always gonna if there's nothing on choose a movie like this I mean it's been the one sex scene we got was like an a plus so rewatch just for that um he's not hard on the eyes so I mean I felt like the movie was Mm -hmm. watchable it was fun in like one of those like cult classic so bad it's good type of ways um (laughs) like if i had nothing else to watch one day i might pop it on while i'm doing the dishes and cleaning up the house or whatever uh i don't i don't think i (laughs) okay so it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be initially which is saying a lot how bad i thought it was going to be um there was so much potential in this movie. I think that's what's disappointing. Like there's so much potential for this to be a mm-hmm. riveting thriller. He did. Um, I was very so impressed sad about by that. Um, anytime I could see Kristen Chenoweth, I love it. Not going to be mad about that. Right. You know, despite how cheesy some of the things are, were um, rising, rising Ryan Gu- Guzman mm-hmm. did a really good job. Mm-hmm. 
he he did he did a great job um yeah I I don't know if it's going to make cult classic status for me because it's not something I would rewatch over and over again I I think I'll forget it if there maybe if there were some more sex scenes that would have been like good quality to go back and be like (laughs) yeah but there wasn't enough and my grandma ruined the one that there was so damn it Myrtle (laughs) ruining everything (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) big ups to Myrtle (laughs) (laughs) and the best is we'll be in the middle of recording she has no boundaries is that your I mean granted Danielle's at Nana's house some of the time but she'll just walk in and like her Jamaican accent she'll just be talking to people and stuff and we all (laughs) we have to pause and wait till like Myrtle goes to her bedroom so then we can continue recording (laughs) she's a star she wants to be at the center of it I'm watching J-Lo and Ryan Desmond like whatever you're doing it's not as important as what is going on because my mom will totally be like uh, oh well since i'm in here i'm like you see i'm doing something like no respect you see <laughs> yes <laughs> um my thoughts are more in line with jackie's like i love a good sex scene so this movie has me there i do wish there were more like danielle said and it would probably be like more of a rewatch for me because of that so this is like a movie which I think is part of JLo's success. If it was on E, Bravo, Lifetime on a weekend, just like we just gonna throw some movies mm-hmm. on, movies you love weekend, and it was on, I'd be like, oh shoot, The Boy Next Door is on. <laughs> and I would totally watch it. I don't know if I'm going out of my way to like find it and watch it again. But if it's just randomly on TV, then I'd be like, oh yeah pick right up where although i would say that that would suck because then the rated r yeah. is probably like cut to smithereens like to yes. make it viewable on those channels yeah so. unless you're watching cable and it's just hbo back-to-back movies yeah even if it was on a movie channel i would be like oh shoot <laughs> i have that. one final question <laughs> uh, <there you> <laughs> where do you think mm-hmm. his perennial dna went where do you think he came? Do you think he wore a condom? Do you think he nutted? Where do you think oh, he nutted? Oh, no. It was skeet, skeet, skeet all <laughs> up in that bitch. You think he came yeah. inside? Yeah. Hell yeah. She wasn't Agreed. prepared for that, and he, he was wasn't going to st- Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. She was in the moment. Yes. And I think that would make her feel even more like, what the fuck did I just do last night? Yes. I just smote. I want to know why I I, <laughs> did this come to you? I, come I thought, of, to I, your I, mind. See, I thought I just, that they may have really? used that as part of leverage if, um, same, like if he came inside She's and she, and- like, like had some kind of DNA evidence or something and he tried to try to use that against her. So I'm going to turn you into the cops and say that like you came on to me and then they're going to test you and da, 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 da. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I was curious. Mm -hmm. 
I would love a movie 18 years later and we find out she actually got pregnant. That's the omen. And she no, she- is dealing with well, that's yes. that's the good that's son. The good son, and then the yes. crazy, and now he's yes. stalking. That's not a bad premise. We get like a cuckoo Burke Ramsey kind of style yes. cookie cookie kid. Mm. Yeah, and like Kevin is like hasn't talked to her in years <laughs> yeah. or something. And Love it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you know, went to live with his dad, and so Ooh. she's left alone with the crazy yep. baby she had. Ooh, that's kind of good. So on the topic of things being slippery and buttery, our rating system over here on Roll Call Pod, we do how many, if you're going to get yourself a little bowl of popcorn while watching this movie, I'm curious to know, because we haven't done this, and I think we were supposed to do this earlier in the show, but we got so wrapped up in our conversation that I'm just going (laughs) to let it go organically. How many pumps of butter would you give this movie and additionally if you were to pair a snack cocktail spread that would be of theme to this movie what would you suggest Hmm. i'll give it three solid pumps of butter a one two three yes okay my cocktail Mm -hmm. i thought long and hard about this a pineapple mango mimosa Ooh. with a tahini Ooh. rim. Nice. Ooh. Nice. Going over. You can make it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm giving two pumps of butter. And if if you guys really knew my popcorn situation, okay. there's nothing. Okay. <laughs> so what it really means is halfway through the movie, when I get to half of my popcorn, it's yeah, a dry you gotta bitch. Re, you know, you like, gotta re-oil it. It's a dry yeah. bitch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get to circle it around. I didn't get to shift. It's just two pumps. It's just the top is buttery and then no, nothing at the bottom. I'm not happy. I'm not happy mm. halfway <laughs> through this movie. And I'm taking a shot of tequila. Okay. I'm not making a fancy drink. A okay. bitch gotta get through it. <laughs> oh, and my snack would be uh Claire's cookies. Oh, oh. I'm gonna go for a charcuterie board. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. We love I'm going board. with cheeses and meats, and I'm wrapping them and putting them in my mouth, pretending them they're Ryan Gosling's <laughs> and just being happy. Like, look, mom, look at this. Yes, wrap it up. <laughs> well. Um, I'm just stuck on Jackie's, like, she's my spirit animal right now because I love her drink and I love her snack because that's my opening line. <laughs> so I'm going to throw some ice cream with those Ooh, cookies again because yeah. it gets hot. So, you know, cool it down. Nice little Ooh. ice cream cookie sandwich. I like the it. burning of the yeah. bar. You're going to need it. Maybe need some it. marshmallows. Yes. <laughs> okay. And Okay. You just gave me a cocktail idea. So my cocktail needs to be on fire <laughs> at some point. So, Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some kind of flaming Love a smoky drink or something. Or like one of those, like when we went to um, Hell's Kitchen and they oh, had yeah, that the one smoky drink. smoky one. Like the, yeah. Something like that. Smoked bourbon or something. Ooh. Nice. nice. Uh, Did I say a snack? I, oh, I didn't do pumps of Yes. Butter. How many pumps? Um, 
I'm between you guys. I'm like a two and a half. Like, yeah, it it just it didn't give what it could have given. Like, there was so much potential, but then you know what it did give. I'm like, you know what? Nice. I could come back for this sometime. Like, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I got too wrapped up in the parts of the plot that made me so cringy and angry that I would only give this about two pumps of butter. But I would at least try to shake it and like stir it around that by the middle of the movie, like there's still something there because it does get so lackluster. For the cocktail, I looked up a specialty drink for this one, which Bria makes fun of me for all the time because I'll like research. No, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm not prepared and you are. So I'm just like, this is your segment. (laughs) I I have an idea for Bria's really quick. Your flaming drink should be called hot for teacher. Okay, I'm done. A hot teacher toddy. Oh, hot tamale. No, okay, no, no, sorry, like Simone, sorry. Yeah, like a hot tamale drink with the actual like candy. Because Bria, you're all up in your in the cup. I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have like a a cup or a gauntlet? Well, I mean, I thought the like smoke container was like my my oh, cup. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, if yeah. I put it in like a souvenir <laughs> cup, um, yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah. I. If it's that hot for teacher, I'm going with like a like you're the best teacher A plus chalkboard like mug or something like that with like an apple and a pencil. <laughs> yes. I like that. Like yes. teacher of yes. the year mug or something like teacher. Yes. We should open a bar. <laughs> should, no, I seriously think that like if we ever start doing merch that we should make a cocktail book. That's a lot of alcohol. Ooh, that would that. be so good. <laughs> Don't put that on your podcast. Keep that idea for yourselves. It's too late. I think we said it yeah. before. I don't know if it made it to edit, though. At I think some point. I, it's okay. My cocktail for this one would be <laughs> a specialty called the Iliad. There is a cocktail out there that is named after the book. And that cocktail is comprised of two ounces of amaretto almond liqueur, four ounces of ozo anise liqueur, and muddled strawberries. So what you do is you shake the amaretto and the ozo anise liqueur together, um, like in a shaker over ice, and then you take your muddled strawberries and kind of like pour that on top as a little sip. And that's the whole cocktail? That's the whole drink. That's that the one that I looked really up. Sweet. Oh yeah. Well, so are her cookies, baby. <laughs> and I, my answer for snack goes with everyone's here. I would definitely serve some kind of like a cookie mix, like a Pepperidge Farms yes. charcuterie board of some Milano's, some chunky ones, some little thin Oreos. Like we've got a little bit of everything on there. Some pirouettes. <laughs> All right. So I think. We should wrap this party up as hard as it is to say goodbye, but let's outro this bitch. (laughs) Let's outro this bitch. Before we do, um, I just want to say thank you so much, Danielle and Jackie, for being on our show. We had so much fun guesting for Love and Basketball and, you know, just kind of becoming podcast friends and now like friends friends, you know, going forward. This, <laughs> this experience for us has just been so fun. So please tell 
tell the listeners, tell the J lovers out there uh, where they can find you. Um, thank you guys for having us. And it's not even a question. We're absolutely friends. And once we get over this pandemonium, we definitely are going to make a trip yes. to California and come find our gals. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much. We had so much fun when you guys were on and we had so much fun tonight. I, I think we even have more fun when we're on other podcasts than ours. So <laughs> that's how I felt when I was on you guys. <laughs> I was like, this is fun. <laughs> it's a lot less pressure, like not having to yes. do all the things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can find us at No More Late Fleet. Please, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> at No More Late. That's our pod podcasts. Have No More Late, please. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, you can find us at No More Late Fees on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you're looking for a deep dive in 90s and 2000s movies, we're your gals. Um, we give a lot of hot takes. So be ready, buckle up. Um, and again, just thank you guys for having us and all the JLo lovers. We are no hate to JLo whatsoever. Please don't come yeah, for us. Thank nothing you. but love here. Love everyone. <laughs> so thank you for listening to this week's episode. And if you've stuck with us so far, please come back for another episode of the great value version of Inside the Actor's Studio. But seriously, if you do like us enough to stick around, take another deep dive down this IMDb rabbit hole with us as we do another not-so-mini bonus episode on Jennifer Lopez's 2014 album, AKA. And then after that, we'll be getting ready for her next movie, which is Lila and mm. Eve. Nice. And don't forget to give these lovely ladies a review on Apple Podcasts because they rock and they're bringing you all the JLo knowledge and it's a great way to show them your love. Thank you because thank you. you know, it's hard out here. <laughs> Nobody writes reviews. No one does. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, if you've got nothing better to do, go figure out a theme to watch a bunch of movies you've never seen. I'm your host, Simone. Please subscribe to this blessed mess. Leave us a like if you are into it. And I'm your host, Bria. And like my friend Danielle said, you know, it would be awesome for you to wipe off those buttery cookie fingers and give us a review <laughs> and follow us at Roll Call Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and my favorite, Twitter. And this has been another episode of Roll Call and Cut. Hercules, 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 too close to the mic.